Warning, the following podcast contains spoilers for season one of Demon Slayer, as well as the Demon Slayer movie. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to three, two, one, discuss your number one anime podcast. Now, let's meet your hosts. I'm Nick. And I'm Tanner. And welcome to our very first episode. We are so excited to be here. So this show is going to be all about anime. What makes it good, what makes it bad, and most importantly, why we love it. So what have we got for you guys this week? None other than Demon Slayer saying season two is right around the corner. I am so, so excited for it coming up. How do you feel about it, Nick? I am very excited for Demon Slayer season two. All right, so let's get right into it. Kyojiro Rengoku, the Flame Hashira, just died at the end of the movie. How do you think they're going to fix this coming up? Because now they're out of Hashira. They're out the heart and soul of their organization. This dude was such a bright light for them. How are they going to fix that? I honestly have no idea what they're going to do about that. He doesn't exactly have a successor. I mean, he has his little brother, but his little brother isn't a trained demon slayer. He's nowhere near being ready to be a Hashira. And then you have his dad who was a Hashira, but now doesn't use a sword. So will this be enough to maybe pull his dad back into the game because they killed his son? I don't know, man. I honestly have no idea what it's going to do going forward. Okay. But speaking of Rengoku, can we talk about how amazing that fight was in the movie? Oh my gosh. The sheer speed alone of the fight just had me on the edge of my seat. The yeah. animation, the different moves... And not to mention how abruptly the final fight started with him just landing in the middle of Tanjiro and the Flame Hashira and the Flame Hashira reacting fast enough to take off one of the demon's arms. It's so cool. Like that, that's, that, that perfectly highlights one of my favorite things about Demon Slayer. It does something every fight, pretty much. Like pretty much every fight that marks character growth it always rewards how far the characters have come, but makes it clear how far they still need to go. Because we just had that fight with Enmu when he took over the train just before that, and Tanjiro Nanosuke kicked his ass. So then immediate next fight is against one of the top three, I believe he was the third one, of the 12, Kiz of the 12 Kizuji, and the Flame Hashira. So that's the perfect molding of that that I was talking about. Mark, reward reward for how far they've come, showing how far they need to go. Okay, yeah, so the Flame Hashira fights Akaza. Yeah, exactly. I don't even know what to make of this guy, in all honesty. He's this strong, stubborn, almost impulsive demon that only cares about what he wants in that exact moment. He barely looked at Tanjiro. He wanted that flame Hashira. It was such a new and cool motivation of a guy who's not trying to eat them. Like, that's all we've ever seen is just demons who are fighting either in self-defense or because they want to just eat people. No, his goal was just to get there to turn someone of equal strength into a demon so he could have someone to spar with forever. Yeah, so you look at this, and it could have it could have turned out way worse for the Demon Slayer Corps. Oh, that yeah. demon could have taken out Tanjiro. 
oh, at the yeah. end of the day, he just didn't want to fight anymore, which they called him a coward for and tried to provoke him. So there might have been a personal reason that that demon was leaving. Well, I... I love that moment where Tanjiro starts screaming at him, like, no, Rengoku won. He brought up such a cool point, like, no, we're always fighting on your turf. Exactly. So you're you're pussing out because it's our turf? No, you're a coward. Exactly. Can we take a minute to look into the fight between the Flame Hashira and Azaka? Yeah. You look at this, you see moments, the flame Hashiro slicing down Akaza's arm, splitting it completely in half, and this demon is smiling mm-hmm. back at him with a wide grin, look of almost like happiness, of the most joyful moment of his life. Is this the only reason that he came down there, was just to get this fight between the Hashiro and him? I think, based off everything that he does in that scene, I think that's the only possibility. I mean, he's a he's a master of hand-to-hand combat. He doesn't use a sword. He uses his bare hands while fighting this Hashira. What does that say about the level of his ability to be able to take this flame Hashira who's swinging a sword, again, of flames at this demon, and he's just smacking the sword back at him? That's such a beautiful thing about Demon Slayer that I kind of touched on earlier, but... It does show, don't tell, so well. You learn so much about this villain character with him barely even saying anything beyond trying to get him to fight him. We know, just based off how he fights, that he has clearly been alive for centuries. And his demeanor in the fight, this is what he lives for. He lives for a good fight. They never had to tell us that. And that's such a cool thing about the show that it does with pretty much every character. Like, I remember specifically... In the episode that me and you were watching earlier with the Hashira, you learn so much about these characters and most of them, like maybe say one or two things and you get their entire personality just by looking at them. Yeah, you have stuff like that. They also incorporate into these fights. Let's take Tanjiro, for example. He's fighting this demon. And while he's fighting, you're getting flashbacks to his mother, the words that she said to him, why he's on this path, his motivation, just... His whole heart and soul is being poured out into this open glass to draw you in and pull on your heartstrings. That's something that's just so beautiful about Demon Slayer. I love its strong theme of family. Family is a very important thing in Demon Slayer. Like, you can see it in everything. The core aspect of the show is Tanjiro's bond with Nezuko and how nothing can break it. And I think the fight that shows that the best is the fight against Rui in this in like with the Spider Family? Oh, of course. Yeah, because that's a perfect fight because it is two clashing ideals. It's Rui's ideal of family based off of torture and them being afraid of him, and Tanjiro's idea of family of love and being there for each other. And that's what that fight is really all about: is their clashing ideals. It's not about Tanjiro beating Rui or Rui beating Tanjiro. It's about which of their convictions is stronger. And that's why it's so good. (laughs) I have to agree with you. Just the way that they string these fights together. You know, you have Tanjiro and you have Inosuke going into this forest, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, you got Zenitsu hanging back a little (laughs) bit. He's a little scared at the moment. (laughs) He'll meet you guys up there. Don't worry about it. 
He's got it. I feel weird because everybody hates me for this. I actually genuinely really like Sinitsu. Yeah, well, people genuinely really like Tofu, too. <laughs> okay. So you look at this, but they don't come out, you know, this demon slamming from the top this time. They start with small, tiny spiders where they're like, okay, we got to find where he's actually coming from because we're not going to be able to take all these things out. They're showing that there's abilities that these demon slayers can't do anything about. It's showing that, you know, there's going to be some hard times ahead and they need to think with their head or they're just not going to make it. It's a great show, uh, especially in regards to its fights always. And I think that, that mountain, uh, I forget the mountain's name, it's, uh, but where the spider family lives. I think it's the purest form of the show and it doesn't surprise me that that's the point Not of the show. Not to Gumo Mountain. Not to Gumo Mountain. Thank you very much. Uh, it doesn't surprise me at all that that's the point in the show where people really started getting involved. Because I know that uh, when that part was airing is when it really picked up scene and really gained its following. You know, it you doesn't have, surprise me. I agree. You have this fight that after the fight, it leads to finally getting to meet all the Hashiras. Mm-hmm. It leads to really learning that the Demon Court does know about Nezuko. And at the end of the day, they are being ordered to protect her, even if they don't like it. But you have this demon who created his own family. I love that arc of the show specifically because of the spider family. It's so dark and weird and creepy that this kid is so twisted from everything he's done and just yearns for a family bond so bad that he's willing to force it like that. I've never seen anything like it. Like, a concept like that never even occurred to me before I saw that show. And now you see this whole thing where he doesn't just want a family. He wants a strong family. And if you disappoint this boy, he will punish you. It's another thing that's amazing about Demon Slayer. It always makes its villains, for the most part, very tragic in a way. Because when you learn about Rui, you almost, like, you get it in a way. You understand the pain he was in, and I understand why Tanjiro forgives him, even though he did horrible, horrible things. It comes from just, like, this strong place of hurt, and it it's such a good, like, domestic violence story in a way, because Rui is written to be the perfect abuser, someone who's ta- lashing out and taking all this pain out on people close to him, because he just doesn't know how to deal with it. I agree. I, I mean... I couldn't have said it better myself. Rui is the lower rank fifth demon. Mm-hmm. He not exactly an upper rank yet, but he is in that top twelve. So why didn't they just send the Hashiras I didn't, out of the gate? I don't think they knew what they were dealing with. When you're when the Hashira having the meeting about Nezuko, it gives off this air of this is a very unusual thing. So Hashira are clearly only dispatched, they really are needed. Well, I mean, these demons, it's a family of demons, right? Yeah. The, I think I remember the older sister had killed something like 80 humans already. Uh, yeah, so that's a good point. That's a lot. So it, they're huh. sending in demon slayer after demon slayer to these situations where when you fast forward to right after Nezuko is confronted by the wind Hashira. 
they have that meeting that's enclosed in the room. Nobody else is there. And he's like, yes, I've been receiving your reports. This is worse. So if it's worse, why aren't they responding in a different way? Man, fuck you. I never even thought about that, you dickhead. I'm, I'm sitting here giving this show all these props how good the writing is that you just fucking tear it apart. <laughs> I mean, you got to. You got to show that, like, yeah. we're thinking about this. Okay, so you have all these former Hashiras yeah. training people along with the original Hashiras that are there right now. Yeah. I mean, there's generations upon generations of this stuff. And they're saying the demons are growing. They're getting bigger. So why aren't they taking a bigger effort? I never even thought about that. I, I still don't think that changes anything about how incredible the Ruby oh. arc is. It's so good. Um, oh, it, 110%. I loved the flashback episodes where, especially when you saw from the like fake older sister spider, like her experiences living in that family, such a cool episode. And I think it does it in a very good way of showing what it's, how afraid they are of Rui and why they're so afraid of him. Because I think a part of that, she even mentions it's, they didn't stay because they were afraid of Rui. They stayed because they were more afraid of the demon slip. And Rui just seems like something so powerful, especially when you see what he did to save her. He just took out a bunch of them like it was nothing. There was like at least six or seven there. I'm sure they thought he was invincible. The Demon Slayers terrified them and he took them out like it was nothing. And I think their fear of him kind of went to his head. That's why he got so bold when he was fighting Tanjiro, and that ended up being his undoing. When you even see, when he gets desperate fighting Gyu Tomioka, he still thinks he's going to come out on top, even though, without moving, Gyu took out his most powerful friends. That is very true. I mean, you see all these different demons that are, you know, have these different ranks. You see former lower demons, the drum demon that gets Mm -hmm. taken out in the beginning. You see how deeply these ranks affect these demons and how thirsty they are to, you know, move up the ranks and be the strongest and get more of this guy's blood. So there's got to be more going on in the demon world than they're letting us see so far. Oh, yeah, 100%. You see that when he gathers the smaller of the 12 Kizuki and they have that meeting where he just fucking kills all of them. It's very revealing what being a demon is like based on his dialogue because he tells them your only purpose is to get stronger so you will be of use to me. And clearly, if you do not do that, you will die. Yeah. And then you also see parts like when they are with Tomoyo, I believe that's how you say her name, the doctor demon. Ah, yeah. The doctor demon. Yeah. They send Sasamaru and... Yaba, or however you say his name, to go find these people. And they genuinely believe that they are two of the 12 ring demons. Yeah. So everybody knows these demons have this on their eyeballs. So do the demons know what the different eyes mean? They should. So why are they confused about being upper ranks? What are the writers trying to tell us by them assuming that they are the upper ranks because Muzan picked them for this. I think that misunderstanding did come a lot from those two demons acting like they were more important than they were. 
Because I, I think they did mention that them completing this mission would grant them entry into the 12 Kizuki. So they are already about that power level. It's reasonable to assume. Because they have those distinctions that a lot of the 12 Kizuki have. So they're clearly like about ready to enter. Because they think that they're more powerful than they are. They think, oh, I'm finally getting the 12 Kizuki. They're overconfident and just acting like they're already members. Let's mm-hmm. take a step back. Yeah. Further back into the show. Right. We're going to go to the test on the mountains. Yeah. And they're fighting demons. The hand demon. That guy straight up gave me a nightmare one time. <laughs> You're what? Uh, so once again, you see a demon getting focused, tunnel vision, on this one kid because he has a mask. And he knows exactly where he comes from. If these demons weren't getting so cocky, do you think they would be falling as fast? They're growing at an exponential rate. The lower demons still fall like that. Dude, I I just had an idea. I think that, like, I'm I'm having this idea literally right now. Buzan Kibutsuji's blood can almost be seen as an allegory for drug addiction. Because all these demons, they are desperate to get more of it. But when they get it, it is excruciating. And then after that, they're desperate for more. So we do know that all demons stem from him. He has to turn them. Yeah. So we saw how fast that really works when Tanjiro finds him in the city. All he has to, it can instantly change somebody almost. But in that episode, we see he's more concerned with the Hanafuru earrings that Tanjiro's wearing than the boy himself. Ooh, that's a good point. So, Ooh, later in the show, you do see a flash where we can assume it's Tanjiro's dad fighting him with the same earrings on. So, is there something that the Demon Slayer Court is leading on, but not telling Tanjiro? Maybe that's the answer behind Tanjiro's fire-breathing rather than flame-breathing. And he was able to apply it to battle a little too well. That could be the secret behind him unraveling that mystery. So, is Tanjiro going to be the next Flame Hashira? He might not have complete master over it, but he did survive a situation. Even though the demon ran off, he survived one lower-ranked demon, the number one. Oh, man. And he survived the third upper-ranked demon. So he's now been in a fight. And what did... The master say, when Nezuko and Tanjiro were right there, let's see you defeat one of the 12. I just had a brilliant idea. Rengoku says, when he asks Tanjiro about his black blade, is that he has never seen a black a black sworded swordsman become a Hashira, and that they don't know which style to stick to. What if? In the absence of the flame Hashira, now Tanjiro starts learning other styles. That could so we see how the wind Hashira doesn't like him, the stone Hashira doesn't agree with him. We know he already knows water style, so his friend Gyo is not gonna really do too much for him. So will he go from Hashira to Hashira to improve his skills throughout the story? I'm not saying he's gonna go there, you know. He's going to hit wind and then go to serpent and love and stuff. He's not going to pick it up like Pokemon. (laughs) He's not going to catch them all right away. But what you can see is maybe, you know, 
now that that's happened, this is where Rengoku's dad comes into tie. He might not pick up a sword, but he never said he wouldn't teach somebody how to use one. That is possibility. That is a good possibility. He is a former Hashiro. I can already tell that the manga readers are listening to this like, <laughs> you guys are so stupid. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, some of us like anime, okay? <laughs> uh, we're saying all this stuff about, ooh, what if this happened? But these are questions that have already been answered. <laughs> yeah, we're not reading ahead. We're just, we're trying to see what we can find out about this. Self-predictions and everything. Yeah. So, that's I, fun, I anyway. think that this will really be the direction that they head with this. Just for the reason you don't hear too much about Rengoku's dad until the movie. And then you hear about it. You hear about him some more. Mm-hmm. He go, He gets deeper into his story. He, you hear about his mother. You hear about his whole family. So why are they telling us about the whole family if Tanjiro's not going to tie in being the main character, when at the end of the day, even the Flame Hashira is considered a supporting character in this show. So I think you're reading a little too much into uh, Rengoku's relationship with his father. I could be wrong. That could be integral. I do feel like that'll come up later. I feel like it is mentioned enough that it wouldn't make sense to just completely drop it. I, I'm not fully convinced that they are going to be major players going forward. But I do think we have something in the idea that he's going to start learning things from different Hashira. Because he's already done that. He learned total concentration constant from the insect Hashira. He learned that breathing technique from Rengoku to close his wounds. He's yeah. already learning things from different Hashira. So, one thing we don't... Some people we don't see too much in this that really kind of stuck out like a sore thumb in this. Let's talk about Genya. He was the other guy who passed the test on the hill, and all. Oh, he that, wanted, that that like scary looking guy. Yeah, he has a scar on his face. That guy. All he wanted was his sword, but as much noise as they gave him and everything, do you think you will see this? people that passed the same year as Tanjiro meeting up with him throughout this next arc? So I don't think that many other people graduated alongside him, except for uh, Zenitsu, Inosuke, uh, Kanao, the girl who flipped the coin, Genya, and, and that guy. Mur- Murata, and... Oh yeah, there Zaki. were a couple others. And total, I think, there were seven people who passed that. I, I remember that now, thank you. I... But, I they, do went, think but that, they did go in with high 20s. Yeah, they went in with a lot of people, a lot of people died. Uh, that, that's just how it is, folks. <laughs> so I do think that that guy is going to be important. I wouldn't have thought that if he hadn't shown up very recently. Because, yeah, he just kind of showed up out of nowhere at the end of season one. And I think it's cool that they're bringing that back. Because usually, like... Shows will just like have that dickhead at graduation, then you never see him again. Okay, and then one character arc that I feel like you know, he's known as the joke of the show, he's always having his flip bouts. It's your favorite character, you know who it is. It's Inosuke. You like Inosuke? I thought you like Zen. Uh, well, I guess I thought we were talking about Inosuke because that, I, I was thinking Zenitsu at first, and then you said your favorite character. I was like, oh, I love Inosuke. 
Uh, I thought you loved Zenitsu. Okay. I do love Zenitsu a lot. Uh, okay, so what I want to think about is where he started versus where he is now. He's gained yeah. a lot of confidence. He has. He definitely has. And I, being, I'm very excited to see more of that. Him being friends with Tanjiro has not only lifted his self-confidence, it also seems as though you hear him talking in the beginning. He's like, I just need to find a wife before I die. I saw how it was on the mountain. They're going to eat me alive. <laughs> so there's that side of him and there's, oh, it's a girl. It's a girl. It's a girl. Yeah. And, and then and also the you get that kid. untapped strength when he passes out. That's the thing that I find so intriguing about uh, Zenitsu that I really, I actually really relate with Zenitsu. I understand what it's like to be the, to be a guy who's a little more emotional rather than like tough and hating yourself for that. I know what that's like, but I find it super inspiring that underneath all that, Zenitsu just has this incredible strength that he just doesn't know how to tap into. There's evidence of that. When he passes out, he's a fucking badass. You can also see evidence of it. Inosuke, let's bring him up. I know you uh, wanted to talk about him a second ago. Let's bring up when Zenitsu uh-huh. is getting kicked around and beat and pummeled by Inosuke for protecting Nezuku's box. For what reason? No other reason than the words by Tanjiro. Oh, that yeah. box is more important than my own life. So he was willing to sacrifice his own life when that is what he is single-handedly most scared of, is mm-hmm. dying. He's willing to sacrifice his life just to give Tanjiro a chance to say a couple words about why he has a demon with him. That shows a level of friendship and trust already established before they even started traveling that far together. Yeah, I, I think Zenitsu gets way too much flat. I I love him, and I think he's also perfectly played. Like, his voice actor does a great job on his just sudden outbursts and screaming. I don't know how he did that without just wrecking his voice. Because I think that's one of the parts I love about Zenitsu the most, is I think his over-the-top cowardice is hilarious. I love how the writers of this show can go from this super serious, action-packed, demons are taking over the world, to, you know, you have this guy chasing Tanjiro and Nezuko around the room. Hee-hee, <laughs> my best friend. <laughs> Be my best friend. Oh yeah, those those are my favorite shows. Is shows that can like blend lightheartedness with darker, more serious moments. Those are always the fucking best because then you get to have a good time with characters you love, but we're not afraid to get serious. So, another thing that they've shown once, but not too much, is Sabito mm-hmm. and the young lady that he's with when Tanjiro's training. Yes, yes, I remember. They're both dead. Yeah. I but he very clearly saw them. Mm-hmm. So was this something related to the fact that he's a black sword wielder? How funny would it be if they just brought him back to his his sense of smell is so powerful he can smell dead people. <laughs> I mean his sense of smell does keep getting stronger and stronger. Yeah, well, like he can already sense he can already smell people's emotions. Like you saw with his 
from when he was talking to uh, Shinobu, she's like always smiling, but then he said, you smell angry. Exactly. And, you know, they talk about this girl and they're like, she's so good at keeping her emotions in check. You hear the love Hashira be like, I don't know how she's keeping so calm when she's so angry. So clearly everybody knows she's angry. She keeps these bright eyes, helps people out, this smile. How's she going to tie into this being as close as she was to the flame Hashira? I think all of the Hashira are going to end up being kind of mentors to Tanjiro. I really hope that we do go back to that mansion because I loved all the characters there. I loved the little girls that were training them. I loved, I believe her name is Kanao, the girl that flipped, that flipped the coin. I thought her backstory was very interesting. Like That was super cool. I really want to go back there because that whole part was just really fun. It's yeah. just a fun part of the show. So let's say he does go and he starts training with Hashiras. How's the arc between him and the wind Hashira going to go? He stabbed Nezuko three times. I really hope that so Tanjiro he, gets those other headbutts that he wanted to get in. I really hope he gets I them. mean, he asked for three more. But not only is it Tanjiro going to be okay with this, but is the wind Hashira going to be okay with it? Is he going to be okay with the fact that now Tanjiro has, for all intensive purposes, learned three different styles of breathing? He has water, which he has mastered. He has the insect. He has so, mastered. Yeah, he, he doesn't has... ha really have any like techniques from insect breathing. I think he's going to come back and get that later. I think that... Yeah, concentration gonna... breathing is a technique. Yeah, but it's, it's not like a specific style, like the water style. The total concentration it applies to all of them. Yeah. I guess you could be right with that, but he only learned it through. Yeah, the he insect. learned it from her. So it shows that he's susceptible to that type of training. Yeah, even he, if it wasn't through the water learning, even if it wasn't through whatever type of other training he was physical, mental, he unlocked it through the path that she had already traveled. Mm -hmm. So she's like, hey, I do insect breathing. This is how. I get total concentration. It might be different for water breathers because every type of breathing is different. That's true. So now he's learned a flame one. Mm -hmm. He's, for all intents and purposes, he's pretty much learned an insect one. Yeah. He's mastered water. Are they going to continue with the fire arc and let him master another technique? Or are they going to have him pick up tiny skills before they realize that, wait, he can really do this? I think that that's the only way he'll get strong enough to beat Muzan Kibutsuji is if he doesn't limit himself to one style. I think that's the only way. Then, if he does that, he has the potential to become more powerful than any of the current Hashira. So, so maybe he picks up techniques while he's fighting the 12 high-ranked demons. Mm -hmm. I mean, we know he's out for blood on number three now. Oh, He yeah. wants him. He's. You hear stuff that you haven't even heard him say before. You're a coward. You're pathetic. Tanjiro's so nice. He's nice. He doesn't lose his cool. He stays calm. And he is flipping his lid in the moment. Oh, yeah. So will he try and go after this demon immediately? Ooh. Will they let him go after this demon? Will it cause problems for him in the demon core? Because 
you know he can't just let that go. That's not how Tanjiro is built. I am really interested now in seeing Tanjiro fight him, and I'm now even more interested in seeing the fight with Muzanki Butsuji because I think that could come up, that could bring up an interesting question, is are these t- people Tanjiro would be willing to forgive? In every fight beforehand, if they were remorseful for their actions, Tanjiro was willing to forgive them. He might so, have still kill them, but yeah, he forgave them. Yeah, he he says it to uh to Giyu Tomioka after he kills Rui when he steps on Rui's coat. He's like, "I will never hesitate to raise my sword to a demon, but I will not disrespect their graves if they were remorseful of their actions." So, so what if we put him against someone who is remorseful but has hurt him this bad? Would he be willing to forgive them? That that's cool. I like that. It is. It's an interesting concept. You look at this concept of Tanjiro's almost rebuilding a family. The family that he lost. He's getting a brother back. Who has now, that brother has been taken from him. Yeah. Once again. So, maybe it makes Tanjiro get a little bit colder in the long run. Because, you know, he's getting close to these people. And these people are dropping like flies. He's watching people die left and right. But still... I would love to see him continue on this path of, you know, I'm going to avenge you and I'm going to do it the right way. I really hope that he keeps his kindness. I think that is such a special aspect of Tanjiro that makes him so different from other anime protagonists. Like, yeah, a lot of other protagonists, like, yeah, they're cool and they're nice, but not to the same level as Tanjiro. And I think the biggest part of that is through his ability to have such deep empathy and forgive. He was even willing to forgive Rui. Rui threatened to kill his sister, almost did kill his sister, was going to kill him, and even through all of that, Tanjiro was willing to forgive him. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. It really is. Like, a lot of these, like, let's just use an example from One Piece. Luffy will never... Stop fighting. Once you've hurt his friends, it doesn't matter what you do. You're public enemy number one. But Tanjiro would still stand there and bury this demon if it had a body. Even with how angry he is. Mm Because we all know he's angry. Anytime anybody gets close to Nezuko, he gets angry. That's the one person that he has left. And all he wants to do is save her. So, in the training exercise on the hill where they're seeing if they pass the test. Live or die, right? Yeah. You see him asking demons, you know, how do you change a demon back? How do you change a demon back? Will season two maybe focus more on that aspect of it? Or do you think that the flame Hashira dying maybe changed his priorities a little bit? I don't know if we'll ever see a Tanjiro that isn't willing to forgive. I know I was the one that brought up that question, but the more I think about it, that's uh, just so integral to his character because he's seen brighter sides of demons. He knows they're not just bloodthirsty animals like the Demon Slayer Corps makes them out to be. They are people with wants and fears who have just are just dealing with something that was forced upon them. So you see these demons crying when they're dying. It's mm-hmm. a common that they're flashing back on the past. You see one, how could I kill my brother? One, all he wanted to do was be a great drummer and they wouldn't let him. Mm-hmm. You just see all these 
different demons feeling. So, you know, in one part you see how when they're fighting the two demons that thought they were about to be in the 12 and they're getting started and everything, they're telling them, hey, he's using you. Like, I get that she was using a demon blood magic to make it more susceptible for them to believe it. But will that become an arc? Nezuko is like the first demon that they've seen like this. They do have the doctor lady demon and everything. So will those start to be a almost like community of demons that are like, okay, like maybe this guy isn't right and start turning against him. I think that, I think the goal going forward is going to be curing all demons, not just Nezuka. I think Tanjiro's goal is going to evolve in that way. As he learns more and sees more of these demons, I think that's going to change his goal into not, I'm going to, I'm going to stop Muzan Kibutsuji, not just for revenge, but to cure all the people that he has hurt. Because especially when demons are first created, that's when their human memories are freshest. So that must be agony to be a demon then. Because you're still you, and then slowly over time we see that your humanity fades. But imagine being a freshly turned demon. Because even though the demon slayers look at the demons as the thing that goes bump in the night, to the demons, the demon slayers are the things that go bump in the night. You do also see that on... In the mountain arc with the spider family, the whole reason that that younger sister was there was because she was scared. She wanted protection from these demon slayers. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. The demon slayers aren't really exactly fully in the right. I always love shows like that. that I always love that moral ambiguity. Just like everybody is in real life. Let's talk about the master for a second. Tanjiro says stuff like, his voice makes me feel light. He believes in him, stuff like that. I can't help but get this weird vibe from the yeah, is Like, there's something deeper. There's something... He's blind. We all know that. He has veins going all over his face. But we don't really know what happened to him too much. So, when they give us more information about that, we'll it showed that maybe it's not the master that they all thought it was. It's getting worse for the first time in history like this. If, yeah, there's less demon slayers, but they've refined techniques over time. They've done so much to improve their skills, these demon slayers should be able to take out demons. Maybe he's leaving out information and playing the fiddle on both sides. I'm not entirely convinced that the master is maybe a double agent or evil in a way i there is definitely a mysterious power to him because he commanded so much respect even with how frail he is he commanded so much respect that he didn't even need to say anything he just put his finger to his lips and everyone shut up yeah and i mean everybody knows how hard it is to make a group of people who are hooting and hollering, mm-hmm. be quiet. It just doesn't work like that. So yeah, maybe he's not being a double agent. I'm just trying to look at it from an outside perspective. Yeah, exactly. But there's got to be something that we don't know there about is, him. There is definitely something. I think Is it that, related to Tanjiro's father? Maybe. That's possible. I think that 
Because so, he's the master, and Tanjiro's father has fought that demon. Maybe this master and Tanjiro's father were together in that moment, so, and we just don't know it yet. So let's look at this from... So let's really hone in on what the master does and says. The things we know about him are he's clearly old and sick. He's clearly very powerful. I think they do mention at one point he's the founder of the Demon Slayer Corps. And he refers to all Demon Slayers as his children. So I think from what we can tell about that, he's a man who cares very deeply. He's someone who genuinely values the people that serve under him. But he has a mysterious power because Tanjiro clearly did not give a shit about the Master when he first showed up. Because when the Master first showed up, everyone stood to attention. Tanjiro didn't even notice him there and still went in for a headbutt. But once the Master started talking to him directly, he felt overwhelmed to bow. I think the Master does have a mysterious power of either persuasion or getting people to obey, but I don't think he's malicious. If any of that made any sense. Yeah, it, I mean, it makes complete sense. Like we're saying, we're just, where's this going to go? Yeah. Like, where are they going to pick up this story from this train art that everybody has not fell head over heels for? Can I mention something that's really bullshit for a second? The beginning of season two is just readapting the movie. Exactly, the first seven isn't, episodes. Yeah, isn't that bullshit? Then why'd you even make the movie? I think that's I mean, so stupid. It might be a more detailed analysis of like Sick. certain parts. You might be getting stuff that was left out. I can't speak for it. I haven't seen it. I, I would All we can do is think, yeah, this is a good show. This is you know, top five anime show out right now. Yeah. This is going to be going down in the Anime Hall of Fame. This is a show that everyone loves. So how are they going to keep this steam going once those seven episodes are up? I know they've been advertising something called the Entertainment District arc. I don't know what that means. Like I said earlier, we don't know anything about the manga. So I don't know where that's going to lead. I think I remember seeing something that we're going to see more of that guy who had like the prayer beads and was crying a lot. Yeah, the I think Stone Hashira? Yeah, that guy. I think we're going to see more of him in this arc. It, it, it's some burly dude. I don't remember exactly who it was. I'm really excited to see where Tanjiro's story is going to go. I'm excited to see more Inosuke and more Zenitsu. We kind of dropped the ball in talking about Inosuke, so I think we should talk about him a little bit, and then we'll wrap it up. Right. So... The main reason I love Inosuke is he's just so adorable in a lot of ways. He's always trying to be the best, but he's not a dick about it like Bakugo from My Hero Academia or like Sasuke from Naruto. He just, he wants to be the best and the only way to make him happy is to tell him he is. Yeah, you tell him he's the best and you know, this guy can't read, this guy can't write. But what is different about him is he uses serrated swords. I think the, the serrated swords is so cool. But you hear how he talks about killing, almost like he enjoys it, like it's a primal nature instinct to kill these demons. You should see how these cut through flesh. It doesn't matter who's standing in front of him. If you tell that guy that you are stronger than him, 
he wants to fight you. Oh, yeah, he just wants to beat you. He wants to be the best. So maybe with this little trio we see, maybe, you know, Nosuke has beast breathing. Will that be related to insect breathing? Or will that create his own type of Hashira and make him a Hashira in his own right? I'm more of a fan of that idea because I I love beast breathing purely for the aspect that it was self-created by Nosuke. I think that's such a cool thing for his character because even though he's dumb in a lot of ways, when he really focuses on something, he's the best at it. And you can also see that with our little, you know, Thunder Buddy over here <laughs> because there's currently not a Thunder Hashira either. No, there's, and there's now there is a third opening in the Flame Hashira. So these three have been traveling together. They have faced people in the top 12. They've won. They've survived. Which the master says when he's describing a Hashiro, they fought to the brink of death and beat it. Yeah. Now, Tanjiro's done that twice. Ninetsu's done it once. And Inosuke, who knows how many times that guy's fought something and almost died from it. I mean, you can tell him his personality. He'd fight a brick wall if he thought it was looking at him weird. So, in season two, after these first seven episodes come, do we maybe see them getting a little bit more involved with the Hashira organization as so, a whole? Because I don't think that they're anywhere near strong enough to be Hashira. But I think Tanjiro I might think, be. No, I don't think he's anywhere near anywhere near ready. I think that the show is going to focus a lot more on them learning from more Hashira and becoming powerful enough to become Hashira. I mean, I really have to disagree with you on Tanjiro, though. Do you know how... He's mastered water breathing. He's fought demons. He's fought Hashiras and put up a good fight. He's fought like four of the top 12 demons now. And he's fought one of the ones that used to be in the lower ranks. He's fought all these guys, survived, and now he's picked up a fire skill, which only expands his arsenal when people are already talking about how gifted and talented this kid is. I still think that, I think he'll become a Hashira faster than pretty much anyone else has. I don't think he's close yet because one of the things that Rengoku says to him immediately after teaching him that that breath technique, excuse me, is that this is just one step closer to becoming a Hashira out of a million. Yeah. So I don't think he's going to, because I think the show is going to go on for quite a while. I don't think it'll be as long as, like, Naruto or anything. I do think this is going to be a longer show so that we can really see Tanjiro grow. Because I think that's a great thing the show does. Like I was saying earlier, it always marks his growth while showing how far he needs to go. I agree. I agree. And I think that's a perfect place to wrap it up. Yeah, so I think we're going to wrap it up just about there this week, guys. I know it was a little shaky at some parts. Bear with us. Every episode, we're going to get better. We're going to get better equipment. We're going to get better leads. We're going to do more research. We're going to bring you the top of what us anime watchers are thinking is going to happen next. We're going to discuss. We're going to show you really what's going on inside our heads. Yeah, we weren't lying when we said that this is going to be your number one anime podcast. So that's all for this week, guys. Thank you for coming to 3, 2, 1 discuss and we'll catch you next week.